Hi everybody, my name is Tony and welcome back to Enjoy the Movie, where we love to talk about great movies and love to rip on the bad ones. Today is the month of December, and with December, Christmas is just around the corner. And every year, we as families come together and open up those DVD cases, and if you're some of those people, videotape cases, and we pop them into our DVDs and video cassette recorders and revisit the Christmas classics that we grew up with and loved to this day. One of those movies that we're going to be looking at today is the 1990 uh, comedy movie Home Alone, directed by Chris Columbus and written by John Hughes. So Home Alone, I'm sure most people know what Home Alone is. I mean, it's been popular for the last 30 years now. And like, People still talk still talk about it every year, and it's on TV every year. But I felt like I wanted to visit this movie. Like many people talked about Home Alone in uh, in other corners of the internet and in other places, but for me, I wanted to talk about it because this is the first time that I get to talk about a movie like Home Alone in this format, in a more detailed fashion. So, yeah, that. So for this reason, uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be revisiting. Home Alone. And also because why not? You know, why not? <laughs> so I'm sure most of you know what Home Alone is about. But for those few who don't, I'm going to tell you a bit, a little bit about it. So Home Alone is about a kid named Kevin who is played by Macaulay Culkin who finds himself, well, home alone when his family goes off to Paris to spend uh, Christmas back in, in France. But they accidentally forget about him. Uh, hence, which is why he's been here, left home alone. And in this movie, this movie we basically sees him trying to trying to survive being by himself at home, and um, and his family trying to get him back, and trying and he's trying to re- reunite with him. And at the same time, Kevin has to fend defend himself against two bumbling bandits, Harry and Marv, played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. So there's a lot of room for comedy here, and um, this, for me, when I think about Home Alone, I really like Home Alone, like like especially as a movie, like by itself, because there's just it's so wholesome, you know. It's just especially through the dialogue that and the interactions that Kevin has with some of the other people, and the, the more heartfelt, like sort of like more. Um, I say sentimental moments with Kevin interacts with his neighbors, especially towards the end of the uh, towards the start of the third act. Around that point, it was then that you begin to see his maturity. You see him becoming more and more mature, and he gets to know more about the world he lives in, and be able to discern what's true and what's not true. Well. Okay, but I think we'll get to that in a minute. But what I liked, especially about Home Alone, was uh, the writing. It was very well paced. It's simple. It's um, yeah, it's simple, like well paced, and it doesn't feel it's it doesn't feel very hammy. It doesn't um doesn't feel like in your face. With like trying to you know be all smug and everything, like it's a kids' movie, and it allows itself to be funny, and just be there for fun, 
uh, purely as an escapist kind of movie. <laughs> so, yeah, and I really like that. Usually, I don't know. I have a feeling that if a movie like Home Alone would be made today, it would be very kind of, it would be less escapist and more trying to be like, uh, so trying to quote, dissect the character and something like that. And it's like, I don't know. I don't feel like, I feel like it probably wouldn't be the same. Besides, you know, I don't know. It's just, so I like, I like how Home Alone turned out and I like the fact that it was made in the 90s you know because I feel I mean you could easily make a Christmas movie in a set in the 90s today in 2022 but there's just something special about Home Alone being made when it was made because as it aged and as we grew up with Home Alone and it aged you know over time you look back at it and it has a sort of organic form of nostalgia that I don't think many other Christmas movies can really lay claim to, you know, because you look back, you know, when we look back at, we watch Christmas movies, you know, we come together and we, you know, usually we explore our memories of Christmas where back when we were kids, and that's especially true the older as as we get older. And this movie gives always gives a sense of nostalgia that's true and organic. And I really like that. So, yeah, I guess that's one thing Home Alone has, a strength that Home Alone has, which I feel like like, makes it stand out among a sea of um, period pieces, especially period Christmas pieces. And, uh, yeah, and that's what I really like about it. Also... Another thing I like was, you know, and here we go back at it again, the dialogue. Um, there's, There was my favorite, like, I just love, um, just, it's Kevin interact, going out and he goes, just interacts with other people in his neighborhood. Like, they're just really cool. Like, at, at first he's like this sort of small kind of innocent, like, I wouldn't call him fish out of water. He's more like a bird who's fallen out of his net, nest that he's trying to come back up, you know, and something like that. And it's just that kind of thing where, uh, where he it forces him to grow, all right. And one way that happens is through dialogue, and he become and his his dialogue becomes more mature, more snarky in a way. So he's like, he does a scene where he goes to the supermarket, and he's buying all these things, all the groceries. And then the checkout woman asked him, it's like, are you here by yourself? And then Kevin responds, ma'am, I'm eight years old. You think I would be here, be here alone? I don't think so. And he's like, where's your mom? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? Um, I can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. So something like that, they just say, <laughs> It's very, it's cute and wholesome, and I really like it. You know, like it's it's not it's not patronizing, and it's also not cynical. Like it's just it's basically like what you it's basically very childlike. All right, a child who's like he's obviously becoming more mature, but he's still just a kid. You know, he knows he's a kid, and he and he just acts like it, and that's what I like um, about the movie, especially about Macaulay Culkin. Uh, his acting in the movie. We're going to get to that shortly. 
But another one, my favorite one, he, t- he, he so Kevin goes to church and he meets with, like, he meets this old man who is his neighbor, but has a, a terrible story. Like is a terrible rumors that surround him. And as he talks to him, he begins to kind of understand him more and more. So yeah, it's just one of it's just one of my favorite scenes because it just shows, uh, just it's really wholesome, you know. It's um probably the side of uh, uh, Kevin that makes him more mature, and I really like that. And yeah, the scene it just plays out beautifully. So yeah, and now I want to talk about the actors. I really like Macaulay Culkin, like I mentioned. Um, I think he really gives off that kid feeling, like he's an actual kid. I believe him. As an eight-year-old kid who's, you know, stuck by himself and he's trying to make the best of what he's got. And uh, it just forces him to grow up in a way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I really liked it. He's he's not cynical, but he's also, like, clearly, like, he's clearly, you know, snarky at times. And I really like it. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he gives, so, yeah, he's very likable here in this movie. Um, I call it Culkin. And I feel like that's important. Otherwise, I pro we probably wouldn't like Home Alone at all if it weren't for if if we didn't like Kevin. Otherwise, we'd be like, whoa, you know, the hell with Kevin, with Kevin McAllister. We could just let Harry and Marv take him over, take over him, and just eliminate him. But um, no, Macaulay Culkin makes us like, um, makes us like, makes us like him in this movie. Um, and yeah. Also, while we're talking about it, uh, I want to bring up Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. I really like them. Like, this is the, the, the vibe that they have together. Like, they have this sort of Three Stooges vibe that comes from them. And I really like it. So, it's like... So, uh, Harry is supposed to be the kind of short-tempered, um, short-fused type of uh, type of guy, kind of guy who's, you know, he, he thinks like he know he's... He's the smart one, even though he's like way in over his head. And uh, Marv is the tall and dim-witted accomplice who, who, yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> who follows uh, Harry on in his schemes, and he's trying to come up. And he he thinks, but but here's the thing: both of them think they're smart, but they really aren't. And <laughs> it's part of the comedy, it's especially like there's a scene where he's like, there's a scene in the movie where Harry, I mean Marv, sorry, Marv heads off into Kevin's house, and he's trying to sneak in, see what what's in there, and what he sees. He hears the tape of the movie Angels with Filthy Souls and then Eric Kevin realizes that he's being watched and so he uses the tape of Angels with Filthy Souls and tricks Marv into thinking that there were two criminals into inside Kevin's house and then there's this shootout that happens and he just runs. It's so funny. And then he's like he's like he just runs back to Harry. He's like like someone beat us to the job. There was two people and one blew the other. And it's just yeah, it's really it's really funny. I I like it here. Like just the 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 vibe between uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, they go it just goes perfectly like peaches and cream. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, actually, here I want to talk about the comedy and 
like I think the highlight in if you can call it the highlight was um the tape Angels with Filthy Souls where it's like it might as well be its own movie. Alright? Like it's super believable. Like if you if you had told me that this was an actual movie that uh that was made in real life, I would have taken you up on that. You know, I would have, you know, looked for it and then probably made an episode about it. It's super believable. It's um it's really feels like it was something that would have been made in the 1940s, especially from the acting, like between the gangsters. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, I like, I liked it. But here's the thing: like, Angels with Filthy Souls ends up becoming less like something, less a movie within a movie, and more like a prop in a way. <laughs> and I really like that. Like I mentioned with the uh, the scene with Marv, and he tries to sneak into Kevin's house. And then Kevin uses the tape to try and trick Marv into thinking that there were two criminals inside his house. And he does it again, like, on a number of other occasions, especially with the pizza delivery guy. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I really like that. It's, like, really funny. And uh, here we get into the slapstick. Yeah. So, here's the thing. Um, the movie's slapstick comedy... Well, for the most part, it's good. I like... Here's the thing, because the movie... Like, the movie does have a fair share of slapstick in it, but a lot of it is concentrated in the third act, in the climax, like that last battle uh, sequence where um, Kevin actually actually goes and makes the plan and he sets up all of these defenses to try and keep the burglars out. They keep Harry Marv out, and... I think the intent here was to uh, take a page out of the Three Stooges rule book and then just play like, like, just may engage in comical violence. Like when, say, just some like moments like when Kevin throws a bucket of, a bucket of paint at Terry and Marv. It's like just something like that, something like out of a, Tom and Jerry cartoon, things like that, and these really land very well. Uh, a lot of them, yes, they're actually really funny. <laughs> it's just, but here's the thing: like, I don't know how to feel. Like, I suppose, oh my god, how do I? It was very conflicting because, on one hand, the slapstick works; on the other hand, it's really hard not to feel kind of just pain just sort of sympathy for the uh for harry and marv because a lot of the stuff that's in there like it's supposed to be funny it like i don't know how i feel about it maybe maybe it's just me but it feels like it's rather violent like even for like a supposedly kiddish movie it feels like really violent so here's the thing like a scene like when um What's his name? Marv goes up the stairs and his hands are covered with, like, his feet. And he. So he goes up the stairs, but the stairs are covered up with uh, tar. And he. His feet eventually get dirty. And as he steps, he steps on a nail. And it's just. Like, there's a part. There's a thing. Here's the thing. Maybe if the nail had been smaller, like, maybe. Okay, fine. 
Like, maybe if it had it smaller, yeah, but the nail that they use in the movie, it just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's genuinely scary when you, th- when you just look at it and he tries to step on it, it's like, oh, no! Like, it's, like, here's the thing, like, it, it really would have worked, but the na- but just the execution in that moment, I just, it really kind of sort of uh, stabbed me in a way, pun intended, <laughs> pun shamelessly intended, it kind of stabbed my soul, just how painful it was watching it, because we were supposed to be laughing at this, but we were not, <laughs> I was not laughing, I was not laughing, it was painful, I was like, why, no, like this, it's really missed the mark for me, that, that scene, and it's just other ones, like anytime he steps on a sharp odd Anytime that the characters step on a sharp object, it's just, no, it doesn't hit the same way, you know? Otherwise, but no, for the most part, all the other, uh, most of the other uh, stunts uh, land really nicely. I really like it, especially the moment where uh, Harry and Marv are sort of sliding across that rope. Like across, there's a rope that connects the window from Kevin's room into his treehouse, and they're trying to traverse it to catch up to Kevin. But then Kevin cuts off the rope, and it just falls, wee boom, and they hit the wall, and it's just, <laughs> yeah, that was that was that, no. But unlike unlike now one, this one is actually pretty funny. I realize it's actually it is actually funny because <laughs> I feel like I don't think it has it's it's not like yeah. Like it, it. I feel like it doesn't. It doesn't feel as harsh, especially since we're not using any sort of sharp weapons here. So for this reason, yeah, it's just okay. Like I feel like it's more tolerable. Yeah, at least more tolerable. But you know what? I try and let my inner child enjoy the uh, the slapstick. Like I feel like the thing with Home Alone is that it's supposed to be that kind of childish uh, Tom and Jerry, Three Stooges kind of. Um, slapstick comedic film where like violence is very much a part of uh, the movie where it's like violence is used as a means for comedy you know and that's part of the reason I think another reason why I think Home Alone would not be made today I feel like because the violence would be toned down it's like okay well like because I think what really sets Home Alone apart from the other one other movies that were made um, from the other yeah, movie, Christmas movies that were made is uh, the slapstick. Like it's um, I feel like it real. It knows that it was made for. It treats itself as a kids' movie and just owns it, in many ways, from the uh, simplistic uh, dialogue, uh, the more sort of innocent and wholesome. Uh, emotional scenes to the slapstick like it really owns it even if it goes a little overboard but I feel like that's what the intent with uh, Home Alone was you know and that's why I think it's still relevant like today another thing why I think it was good that Home Alone was made in the 90s as opposed to today was just the premise itself like a kid being left home alone would not have the same effect today as it would have back 30 years ago because in the 1990s people did not have cell phones okay they didn't have cell phones they barely, they did like like they had cell phones but they were mighty expensive all right and they were big and bulky and they just 
like overall they weren't as they weren't like the smartphones that we have today. So most of most of the phone conversations that were held that that would be held in the nineties would be used done via uh, landline. All right. So, but the way but here's the thing: like when the parents and the family forget Kevin home, and they could have just called him and say, "It's like, honey, how you going? Are you all right?" But they couldn't do that. They solved it by destroying the phone lines. They'd be like, "Oh, the storm destroyed the phone line. That's it." Like, yeah. And then, yeah, I feel like it was more a plot device to keep it going, to get, like, to keep sort of, like, logic, at least a bit of logic in the movie and just let allow the plot to proceed. It was more like a plot thing. But you know what? I think that's fine. Like, because a movie like, like that, like, even then, it would still, you know, I feel like, yeah, like, it just... It helps the story move forward, but you know what? I think I think that's good. I think it's maybe for the best. But here's the thing: if this movie was made, it wouldn't be possible if it was made today in 2022, because every kid has a smartphone. Like, like it's it's not uncommon to see like a two year old holding a smartphone, or sitting on a smartphone all day watching YouTube or whatever they watch on YouTube or TikTok or whatever. God help me. Anyway. This, yeah, it's not a it's not a fabulous sight, and uh, well, frankly, frankly, they would have just been able to solve it with one call and be like, "Hey, man, like, just they would have just been able to call him, like, hey, kid, how you going? You know, just solve it quickly, and that's it." And um, also, they would be able to call the neighbors and tell them, "Hey, we left our kid home. Can you help us?" and something like that. So, that's I think. I think that's the biggest reason why this movie wouldn't be made today. Regardless of how the, the artistic and stylistic choices they would have taken to make such a movie, I feel like even then, like the premise itself was a thing that probably would have worked in the 90s, but not so much today. It's just, yeah, given the realities of the world that we live in today, you know? And that's just how it is. But still, though... I guess that's one of the reasons why I, I guess that's why I like Home Alone and that so that that's another it's just going back to the point I made earlier about the fact that it was made in the 90s and we grew up in that point in time and like at least like we were kids back then and it just like it was something that we saw but didn't fully understand but the point being is like just the like, we were there, but we didn't exactly fully understand exactly how everything worked. And it was a lot simpler back then. At least to us as kids from, like, the 90s and 2000s. So that's part of the part, part of the reason why uh, Home Alone is a really good Christmas movie. And like I said, like, it creates a sense of nostalgia that without trying to deliberately be... And a movie that's deliberately trying to stoke your nostalgia. It does it by itself. It doesn't need to. The fact that it was made in the 90s and it's set on Christmas, easy enough to stoke any kid's nostalgia. Any millennial kid or Gen Z kid's nostalgia. And that's part of the reason why I like Home Alone. And I'll continue to watch it every year. And that concludes today's episode of Enjoy the Movie, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you very much for listening. 
And if you haven't done so, don't forget to subscribe to Enjoy the Movie and uh, like us on Facebook so you can stay updated with all the news related to uh, the show. Also, if you have any ideas or movie suggestions that you want to send forward or you have any reviews of my reviews, <laughs> um, send send an email. Like It's on enjoythemoviepodcast.gmail.com. It's, the link is down in the description along with the Facebook page. And um, yeah, once again, thank you very much for listening and I look forward to seeing you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, then please leave a comment or go to the links in the description. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Also, be sure to share the podcast with your peers and online. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the movie was hosted by Tony Saad. The music and logo were created by Clara Saad. Enjoy the movie was created by Tony Saad. Copyright Tony Saad 2022.